guys, it's Jennifer. Welcome to another episode of Uncommon Knowledge. Today's episode I've titled The Bad News Conversation. This is one of those topics that actually for me is a hybrid between my professional life and my personal life. Being a recruiter, I have to deliver bad news often. It's not the part of my job I enjoy. It really isn't. It's not the part of my job that makes me excited, that um, gives me that thrill, that satisfaction. No. And when I say bad news, I'm not talking about the email that gets generated when I've screened a resume of a candidate that's not qualified. I'm talking about the communication that comes after we've chatted. After you've shared with me some of you told me the dream you've had of all these years of where you want your career to go and talked with me about your journey to get to where you are. After we've laughed at the things that life throws our way and after you've told me about the biggest challenge you've faced and you've asked me about why I chose to say yes and I've told you all the reasons I love the company I work for now. Then after you've dressed up for an interview after you've taken off work and driven in your car across Dallas traffic because there's not any place close to anywhere anymore. It takes 20 minutes to go five miles. After you've been nervous and you've sweat through it and you wonder if I've seen the sweat stains in your, in your armpits, I have, but I know. You're just nervous. It's going to be fine. I don't judge you for them. After you've walked with me around the office. I've shown you everything. It's mystical and it's magical and it's awesome. Sometimes I like to think it's like Charlie walking through the chocolate factory for the first time, but that may be just me. Maybe that's my impression. Maybe that's what I felt like. I kind of did. It was exciting when I walked through the company for the first time. So it's after You've met with the team and you've bonded with them and you've joked with them and you've shared with them what you're good at and the things that you've accomplished and they've asked you some really tough questions and they made you whiteboard and you did it and nobody saw your armpit sweat. It's after that. It's after you've pictured on your drive home what it'd be like on your first day. It's the conversation where I break your heart after you've put hope in this opportunity. That's the bad news conversation. Recruiting isn't the only place this bad news conversation happens. It happens across all walks of life, professional and personal. Ideally, we have all the details for the why behind the news. Ideally, I get to tell you exactly why you weren't a fit. And ideally, that makes total sense to you and you go, you're totally right. I can see that. Wow, good catch. I really wouldn't have been a good fit. Most often, we don't have as much details as we'd like. I've worked with some hiring managers, not at my current company, that the best I ever get out of them is we just don't like them. We just don't want to move forward with her. And that's all I get. 
That's really tough for me to bring to the table. I fight against that one. I probably annoyed way too many salespeople for pushing back against that one. I fight for my candidates so that nobody has to hear that answer. But sometimes what we do have just isn't good enough. Or it isn't something that's going to be helpful. Many, many years ago, I had a hiring manager turn down a brilliantly qualified consultant because this brilliantly qualified consultant brought a metal briefcase into the interview. Now, there's nothing I can do with that. There's nothing helpful in that. And it's just not good enough. And those are challenges of themselves. And part of my job as a recruiter is figuring out how to solve the mystery of what do I say when it's just not good enough. But on occasion, all we have is just the decision. And really, that's very, very rare for me in my experience because I'm just a pain. I just go back and back and back until somebody gives me something. And really, the reason I do that is because I have found that what makes me good at what I do is that I pay attention to and I remember what it is like to be on the other end of that conversation. I remember what it was like to be looking for a job. And I start my thoughts on how to deliver that bad news conversation with putting myself in that person's shoes. I think about what I would want someone to say if they were going to break that bad news to me. I think about how I would be feeling, especially when it comes to having just been through what I just outlined in the sense of that walkthrough, that engagement. I've gotten to know you. I've gotten to see where you work. I've learned about your company and now I'm, I'm in. I want to be here. And you're getting ready to tell me that you're not going to move forward with me. And I think about what that person's mindset is. I think about if I know how long they've been looking for a job and how they might feel when they're told, sorry, not this one. I think about what I would want someone to say or how I would want them to break the news to me. From there, I think about how honesty, even if it's painful, can be the most helpful. And I avoid ever giving anyone false hope. So what does this actually look like? Professionally, I think a candidate for being a joy to work with or for sharing with me or for letting me be a part of their journey, I intro the conversation with words of appreciation that are specific to them and to our journey together. It really just depends on how that relationship's gone and and what I know about this person and how we've connected. But I think about it and I personalize it because it's it may be professional for me in the sense that it is my job as a recruiter, but it is personal to them and it is personal to me. And then I tell them the bad news. I say, 
that we've decided to go with a different candidate. I give specific details on why the person I'm talking to was not selected. I try not to slide off into discussion or disclosure of any of the reasons why we chose the other person. I try to keep focus on the person that I am declining to move forward at this point. And if there are points that I can offer for improvement, I do. I view it as part of my responsibility to help you prepare or be prepared for the next interview. I've had to tell people difficult things to swallow about how they messed up an interview. I've had to be very candid about at what point exactly they lost the opportunity. It's not easy, but honesty is really, really good because it's helping them in the long run. And you should care about what happens to people. When I have a tool set or I have knowledge and I don't share it with you, that's on me and that's poor form on me. So if I can share something that's helpful, that will be an advantage or will help them course correct for the next interview, I do. I can't share everything, unfortunately. Sometimes there are things that I can't tell you, but everything within my power to share, I share. I encourage them if I can because I genuinely care about these people. I do get invested in the process. There's probably somewhere somebody's saying that I shouldn't do that, but that's fine for them. I don't care. This is what works for me. But I encourage them not to get lost, not to give up, not to be discouraged. That I remind them that every no gets them closer to yes. And if not this opportunity, it's because there's a better one out there. And that may sound like a whole bunch of (laughs) hooey, but it's true. If there will be an opportunity for them in the future, I say that. But only if there really is. I don't believe in giving someone false hope. That's one of the worst things I think I could do. Professionally, personally, either way. So there's no, so you're saying there's a chance. I mean what I say, and I say what I mean. Period. I'm not going to mislead somebody just to make it easier on me. And then I thank them again and tell them I know a great opportunity is out there for them and that I'm excited to see where life takes them because I wish them all the best. Because I do. I genuinely do. I've given bad news more times than I can recall. I've seen people go off and do great things other places. I've seen circumstances change and reached out to them because there's new openings or because option number one didn't work out. And I've had people completely drop off the radar and never be heard from by me again. Interestingly enough, I I enjoy the times that I stay connected with people and I get to watch them be successful other places. I enjoy that I have made a relationship and a connection with another human being and get to celebrate them. And I firmly believe in not burning bridges because you just never know. You never know when somebody will pop back up on the radar or will be at another you know, opportunity or crossroads in life when they would be a great fit for this other position that opens up. Or like I said, sometimes 
number one choices, and you can't see me, but I use that phrase with air quotes, end up not working out. And we circle back. I have a really great, great connection with an individual that lives in my favorite city who wasn't the first one we made an offer to, but circumstances didn't work out for that first person. And we got to come back to this person and he's done great. And it's exciting to me. Not that I didn't enjoy the first person or that I wish him ill anyway, actually, but it happens more than you know. So if you're a recruiter and you're burning bridges with your, you know, your anybody not picked for it, well, you're not very bright. And if you're a candidate and you're letting the bridges be burned or you're setting fire to them yourself, not so bright either because you never know where roads will take you and what will come around again. At the end of the day, when I have remembered that there is a human on the other end of that conversation and I know that I've done my best to do right by then, then I'm okay with giving bad news. Sometimes people look at me when I say that, and they take that to mean that I enjoy giving bad news. That couldn't be further from the truth. I never enjoy breaking someone's heart. I never enjoy disappointing them. I never enjoy taking something away from them. It doesn't mean I don't have to do it. So I'd rather be okay at it and be okay with it then do it poorly or do it in a way that hurts people unnecessarily because people are going to get hurt. So that is my episode on bad news conversations. I always called it a poop sandwich <laughs> because you try to give them something good and the bad in the middle and then something good. And if you catch me on a bad day, it's not a poop sandwich. It's something else. But <laughs> it's not that's not acceptable for for the rating on my 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 podcast but as always i'd love to hear from you any feedback any thoughts love to hear your ideas or how you do the bad news conversation or if you have any good stories about how somebody and by good stories i mean you know they didn't do it right they delivered it in a terrible terrible way i'd love to hear that but in the meantime i hope you're well thanks for listening